Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of SIDcast. I'm your host, David Gibson, just as I was the last 20 episodes, and with me today is Kyler Ludlow of Dayton. Kyler, how are you? I'm good, David. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Uh, some house cleaning stuff real fast. If you guys have a chance, have some time. I know every podcast says that. I know a lot of you listen to a lot of variety of podcasts. Um, please rate, review, anything like that. Give us a couple stars or no stars, but I prefer you give me a couple stars. Um, so, yeah, you, you can do that for us. That would help us grow the podcast a little bit more of algorithm. Uh, helps us show up in some charts and everything. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I know a lot of you guys kind of follow us on Twitter but don't like us on Facebook or vice versa. And, uh, yeah, you can get more out of it. I do. I think, do I update Twitter more than I update Facebook? I think I do. Um, we have an Instagram, too. I should probably do more with that. You would think, you know, that that you would use all sorts of mediums to do that. So, without any further ado, word out. Yeah, without any further ado, uh, Kyler, uh, big uh, grand, what was it? Grand slam for the win for the Indians against Texas. Yeah. Made a, made a lady in the stands cry. It was, uh, it was awesome. I was also crying. Awesome. Uh, no, Francisco Lindor, what a what a joy to have as a as a team that I. I actually root for and uh, 3-0 for the first time since 1998. Uh, found the stat because this is just the way that I am. But uh, he holds the most side plate, and I hadn't remembered him ever doing it, so I looked it up. Um, and no Cleveland Indian shortstop has ever homered from both sides in a game before. So uh, it was it was awesome. It was uh, tough to watch uh, because my electricity went out, uh, which was important to here uh last night but had my wireless hotspot had my ipad that had just enough juice basically to get me through the game and uh do a little research afterwards so it was a good time um so how was uh the world series i have to ask i know just phrase it real brief concisely world series last year um i've said i've told many people it's a uh don't cry because it's over it's happened uh sort of um, was in Rhode Island, um, which was not necessarily the I wanted to be with your diehard Indians fans. And as we, uh, as I was traveling, I was asked to travel with uh, UD soccer, women's soccer, playing in the conference tournament. And uh, I'm I'm a team player. I love traveling with teams and wanted to wanted to go and help out. And so I went to Rhode Island instead. And actually. Um, had a migraine so bad that I was uh, just I I don't get them often, but when I get them, they they hit me hard, and so I could only listen to the game on uh-huh. on my phone. I couldn't even watch it because light hurt my eyes that bad. So uh, the Rajay Davis home run, you know, made me feel a lot better, and then the rain delay, and then uh, ultimately to be on the wrong side of history. But uh, it was a team that I'll always remember, and I got to go to one of the games when they were up there. So. It was, a, it was a lot of fun, and hopefully, just the just the beginning of a run uh, for this Indians team. It's, it's so tell me about A10 travel. I, I, we're going to branch off of that for a moment. Um, you have to travel to Rhode Island. I mean, that A10 it just spans the whole across the eastern seaboard. And being from Ohio, what what what's the whole travel like? Um, a lot of the A10 schools don't travel their SIDs except school anymore. Um, with budgets and everything else, it's totally understandable. Um, but I won't say all of our coaches, but a lot of our coaches want us to travel with them. They see the value in it. For me personally, working with softball last year, and working with baseball this year, and they're not flying wherever they're playing, I go with them. So when we go to uh, Washington, D.C., bus trip. Uh, when we go down to North Carolina to play Davidson, bus trip. The Virginia to, to Virginia, VCU. So I'll go on all these trips with them because it's a seat on a bus. Like, that's not a big deal. That doesn't really cost extra. Uh, and I usually stay with a manager uh, from the baseball team, but it costs an extra room because it would be going anyway. So um, travels uh, can be tough. We played a doubleheader at St. Bonaventure last weekend and uh, on Sunday. Friday got rained out. Our game, you know, like six o'clock. We didn't get in until 
uh, as I am like walking to my house at in the morning. Um, so it was a long, long trip, but uh, it's always the places that I like going. Washington, D.C. to go play uh, George Mason or George Washington, just beautiful. Rhode Island was incredible. That trip was amazing uh, for a lot of different reasons, but um, part of it was just beautiful. Uh, Bonaventure isn't a popular place among a lot of people, but I personally uh, spent a lot of time there, so I, I like uh, the southern tier of New York. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go to St. Louis this year. Uh, we're leaving for Illinois State in a couple hours, so it's it's fun for me. I, I enjoy it. I'm still young, and the bus won't pull my body at this point, so all right, so tell us about. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Why do you go? You went to Cedarville, correct? In my, in my yes, trip? I did. All right. Uh, why did you go to Cedarville, and how did you get into sports information to begin with? I originally out of high school went to a D two school in West Virginia called West Liberty, and um, I was on the baseball team. That was my main thing. I kind of had uh, two paths that I wanted to go to out of out of high school. Um, one was to go to a bigger school, get started on a broadcasting uh, route, either at, uh, actually at University of Dayton or Ohio University, um, or I wanted to play baseball and um, loved baseball, wanted to play and had the opportunity to go to West Virginia and play. And Cedarville had also recruited me. Um, and during my freshman season, I got hurt, uh, so I didn't play. And I was riding a bus back from Savannah, Georgia, and just thinking to myself, you know what, do I really want to be at this school if I'm injured? And the answer was no. Uh, so I transferred out, uh, went to Cedarville, because I knew even if I didn't have baseball, that's where I would want to be. Um, but in between there, I had applied for um, to play in the New York Collegiate Baseball League um, with Athletes in Action, uh, organization that's actually right down the road here in Xenia, Ohio. But... Um, because of my injury, I couldn't play. I had already raised up money to go. Um, and so the general manager, Chris Reinwater, said, well, we need an SID. I said, okay, what's that? And um, he wanted a broadcaster, and he wanted somebody who would write the articles and maybe put a, a program together with the rosters for both teams. And so uh, that was my very, very first introduction into it. It was completely blind, had no idea what I was doing. Um and I look at what I did my first year um, to what I was doing my last year. It was completely different. I was way better um, in my last year. But in that time when I got to Cedarville, um, I got injured again, hurt my shoulder. It was a pretty clear sign um, from up above that my playing career was done. <laughs> um, I just wasn't ready to accept it. And so I, having had stat crew experience, because that was one of my responsibilities with AIA, uh, the coaches – kind of volunteered me uh, to do the stat crew in our trip to Florida because our SIDs couldn't travel. Uh, and that kind of got my foot in the door with that department. Mark Womack and Jim Clark are both amazing, fantastic, um, multiple award winners uh, in publication and design when they were in the NAIA. Uh, they've stopped doing as uh, much as they were before, but still, um, if there's a cutting edge, they're usually right there along uh, along the front lines of it. So they're a great resource for me, and it's great to be back uh, in the area. So they're right down the road. I do a lot of work with them, uh, you know, have lunch with them every once in a while, just have them as a great resource. But that kind of got me, got me on the path, got me going into the field and uh, – kind of fell in love with it after um kind of seeing okay now it, now it's soccer season now it's basketball and just kind of always something fresh and new uh and fun and that was the main thing is i i enjoyed it from the first time i did it so um you you once you got in your foot into the door of cedarville you became the voice of the uh, yellow jackets um mm -hmm. what was that like serving in those aspects and did that when did okay let's start back when did you first get bit by the play-by-play -play or a broadcasting bug? And did you is that what you like really wanted to do after school? Yeah, that was always uh, what I wanted to do. And I don't know if I if I I mean sure if the Cleveland Indians called me up to go on there with Tom Hamilton, I wouldn't say no. But um, the minor league media relations grind isn't uh, necessarily as appealing to me as it used to be because uh, I love so many other sports but that was my goal from probably the time I was I don't know nine or ten years old 
my dad and I would always work outside just around our house, uh, mulching and doing stuff during the summers. And we would always listen to the games. And uh, for the longest time growing up, we live in Reds country. Uh, there were no Cleveland radio stations that came in for Indians games. And this was before the MLB app or, or MLB radio on Sirius XM to listen to. So we would listen to Marty Burnham and Joe Nuxall, you know, Hall of Fame broadcaster. And uh, I loved it from then and um, did a shadow of the media relations director at the Dayton Dragons, who eventually became a peer of mine and is a friend, Tom Nichols, and and just thought this was this was it. This is what I wanted to do. And um, life's thrown some some curveballs since then. But uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And at Cedarville, um, it's something of pride for me because those guys um, and their broadcasts are really, really well done for a Division II school. Uh, they've got a great video department that I was a part of as a student um, that does a lot for all of their broadcasts. Um, but Jim and Mark both are extremely professional in their broadcasting. They, uh, Jim does the women's games and Mark does the men's games, but neither one of them really did baseball. And they wanted to kind of start going down that avenue and here I was with experience doing it in the summer. Um, and so they they wanted to help me out with that being my goal and uh, just kind of worked out that you know, they had me on. And then um, as I came back and was around, I started getting into like soccer, um, which I, I did not know much about and still um, technically couldn't speak it very well. But um, I'm as good as my color commentator in soccer uh, with a with a good color commentator, we can have a really good broadcast with it. So, um, it's, it's a lot of fun for me and, uh, being close by, they still reach out from time to time when somebody's, you know, traveling with another sport for a national, uh, tournament. Um, they made the regional in volleyball last year and women's basketball had started and, uh, Jim had traveled with them. So they asked if I could come over and do the women's basketball play by play. And so it, it was fun for me and, uh, still, really a, a point of pride that I was and they don't have students do that so uh, and to this day they don't have students do it so um, to kind of work my way in and, and show that professionalism early on um, is a point of pride almost yeah so how did that background prepare you for your SID or media relations role and how you treat uh, your broadcasters either at Dayton or later on Palm Beach Oh yeah, good question. The um, the thing for me is that I know, and a couple of people have talked about it, and I think one of the things I've learned since being at Dayton, um, one of my bosses, Doug Housechild, is the basketball um, contact for for media relations, athletics communication, and he treats every broadcaster that comes in here like it's our privilege to have them, not the other way around, and uh, all sorts of people really appreciate it, and we've got some some games on some pretty big stages uh or on espn a couple of times every year cbs sports a couple of times every year every game's televised so we have people coming in of um different calibers and from what i learned from him is that whether it's dick vitell and you know the the a crew when we have uh like the ncaa here for first four or uh if it's you know the two guys from Spectrum Sports coming to, to cover a game, uh, treat them the same and just treat them like you're happy that they're there to cover you. And that's kind of what I've learned across the board. Uh, when I was at Palm Beach Atlantic, didn't really have a ton of media coverage. Uh, it's a it's a vast market um, that doesn't care too much for anything unless it's Miami Hurricanes, <laughs> uh, Florida Gators, or Florida State. It's all very... Uh, those three almost equally. Um, so no one really cares about the D2 schools there. Um, but doing that, the broadcast experience side of it, I kind of know what I want to see in notes personally. So making sure that kind of stuff's there. And I've had the opportunity to be the talent stats um, at times just as somebody to fill in. And so those are, you know, when I'm passing notes to the broadcasters, you know, this is the it was actually earlier this year I was working at Wright State and there was a guy getting close to a double-double and so I was looking up that and then I looked again and was like actually he's close to a triple-double and that kind of changed my research but I knew if this kid got a triple-double that's got to be talked about and he did end up getting it and passed the note along to the broadcast crew on ESPN3 game so you know it, it was a great uh, just like teamwork and, and fun to 
have that kind of knowledge in the back of my mind of like, oh yeah, that would be something that I would want to know if I were broadcasting. So that's what I'm going to try my best to pass along. Um, do you think it's good for SIDs to have kind of a play-by-play or, or some sort of me- media role? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, in some senses, I'm going to do color commentary, some for baseball this spring. I travel on every road trip and know the team better than anybody that they're going to get to come in. Um, so it certainly helps in that aspect. Um, at times, uh, baseball is a little bit different because uh, the stats are pretty easy to do. There's not a ton of stuff that happens athletics com wise during the course of a game that um, especially um, at our level now where you have more people um, that really can throw things into a tizzy that you might have to you know shut the broadcast off or shut yourself off and hand it off to somebody else um, that would be at the d2 level where I was at and spent my time before um, kind of the tricky part of things that you know if something did go wrong and you were the point of contact while you're broadcasting uh, you'd have to say, sorry, folks, got to go take, you know, kick this person out who just got kicked out by an umpire. Um, fortunately, that didn't happen. Um, and I had some great people around me at, at PBA that helped me out uh, that I could do the broadcast and the stats, and that's all I had to do. I didn't have to worry about the other stuff. So I certainly think it helps. I can see the downside of it and certainly see why um, maybe like video departments at bigger schools would opt to to go with somebody that they know won't be called away during the course of a game. Um, but for me, it's it's never been a problem, and I think adds a lot more than the, you know the couple of negatives. Um, one, one more thing about your broadcasting. What is something mm-hmm. that, while you were broadcasting, that happened to you or something that you've seen that really, really bugs you that some SIDs have done? Oh, man. Um, well, when I was broadcasting, and this is more... Uh, SID, SID would be annoying to me anyway, but I was broadcasting a game. As the home team, uh, you're the official scorer, and so I usually do the official scoring uh, and then maybe turn down my microphone to say hit or air on something that was close and then put it back up, and you can't tell uh, from listening in. And there was an SID who was in the booth with me. It was a very small uh, space in uh, my first couple years at Palm Beach Atlantic, we didn't have our own facility. So we were at a high school field and there was a, a play that he yelled air before I even made a ruling. And I wasn't going to rule it in air anyway. And it's not his call to make, but then he started basically lecturing me as I was on the broadcast. So that was, that was highly annoying. And uh, like on both sides of it, of one, having no self-awareness of what I was doing, uh, as I'm trying to broadcast a game, um, and two, um, that it's not his call. And to have a discussion about it, sure. Um, and I, I respect um, people who, on both sides of it, if I have a question about it, will talk to me about why they chose it and what they think and whatever. Um, but he wasn't. it wasn't a discussion. It was just him yelling at me uh, loudly about how it should have been ruled one way. And it, act- and it ultimately had no effect on anything besides it was an error on the kid. It didn't lead to a run, unearned or earned. It didn't mean anything. Uh, so that that was frustrating and one of my top annoyances, I think. Uh, and fortunately, that, it's been a one-time thing. And 99% of the people that I work with and have worked um, across all levels have been fantastic. So it's rare. Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than when you're doing a call and someone turns to you and asks you if you're on air. Um, I want to bran- <laughs> yeah, branch off of that real fast. As a young SID, what's it li- like? It, it, it's your call, like you said. So what's it like trying to tell someone who's more experienced uh, that, that no, I'm, I'm going to kind of do this my way, in, in a sense? I mean, for me, I've been around baseball my entire life. It's what my, my passion has always been, and I feel like my knowledge base um, is respected by the people that I'm around in general. So it's not a huge deal. Um, when I was in Florida, um, there were older SIDs in the Sunshine State Conference that we played a lot. Um, and I would basically, I mean, you make the right calls on plays that they find 50-50 enough, they, they'll they respect you. And that way they don't travel to a game and you, know, you rule it one way 
they don't really question it. Um, that's kind of just been, I mean, kind of proving yourself. It's kind of a weird way to put it, but if you prove yourself to people when you have the chance, uh, they tend to be okay with it. And um, I think my relationship with the coaching staffs also really helps uh, because if there's something, you know, usually a coach will say something to another coach if they feel really strongly about it. And our coaches usually would have my back. I don't, I can't think of a single time that a coach didn't have my back on a scoring decision, even when it was against our own team, which was uh, always such a blessing. So uh, I've been really fortunate and lucky in that sense. Um, let's get back to your background a little bit. Uh <laughs> The job at Palm Beach, how, how did you get to Florida, and was that a destination you, you've always wanted to be, kind of? Not really. Um, <laughs> I, I got engaged um, after during my senior year of college. Um, my fiancé, now wife, um, had a super senior year to go. She played basketball for four years and had a, had a fifth year to complete because she was uh, doing teaching and couldn't really do student teaching while she was a basketball player. So um, I asked her, like, hey, you know, where do you want to try to, like, start our lives? And she said, well, the South is, you know, pretty in need of teachers. So I emailed every school from FIU, you know, down about as south as you can go, Division I, um, every D1 and D2 school from there to uh, to Buse Creek, North Carolina, really, and, and Campbell, uh, where Chris is, but, um, and I didn't get many responses back. Actually, I, I got one response back, um, from Michael Brown, Palm Beach Atlantic University saying, Hey, Kyler, thanks for reaching out. I don't have anything. Um, but your resume is really similar to mine. And I just wanted to reach out and encourage you to keep working hard. A lot of places will have positions opening up as grad assistants. And uh, as they come open, if somebody else in the conference down here has a team or has a position, then I'll, I'll say something to them. And if something happens with me, I'll, I'll make sure you'll be the first person I call. And I, you know, I couldn't thank him enough for that. And I had a couple other questions that I, you know, floated his way and, uh, he was great answering those. And, um, as time went by other internships and GA spots opened up and I applied and, um, had been offered, um, a job or a GA spot at West Florida and Mercyhurst, um, West Florida being a school that I had originally contacted and not heard from and was kind of in a finalist uh, situation at Eastern Michigan. It was right at the time that um, Greg Steiner was taking over there. And uh, so it was kind of uh, put on the back burner until he was in charge. So uh, that kind of got put on pause and I got offered the two jobs in the same week and asked if I could have the weekend um, to figure it out. You know, I got offered on Wednesday both jobs, uh, and then on Thursday, Michael Brown at Palm Beach Atlantic called me and offered me his GA spot, and I said, you know, let me talk to my family about it, talk to my wife, my wife to be, talk to my parents, and I called him back that Thursday and said, yeah, I'm in because I wanted to work for the one guy who called me, you know, who took the time to reach out back to me. So um, I went down there and I had been to West Palm Beach a couple of times. Um, when Cedarville women's basketball, I was a, a student assistant. And then my last year at Cedarville during that fifth year after I broadcasted minor league ball, um, I was back and helping out as an assistant coach. And we had played um, at Northwood University, now Kaiser University, in West Palm Beach. And so I knew the general area, having gone down there two years in a row and, and kind of been there. So I was excited. My dad and I went down in July to look at apartments, put a deposit down, and uh, my wife and I moved down there two months after we got married. It was kind of our, our honeymoon. We'd used our honeymoon money to pay for rent for a little while, and uh, <laughs> so we lived down there for three years, and it was incredible. So, uh, Any culture shock? Yes. Oh, tons. <laughs> um, South Florida is a very different place to be. It's a combination of um, people of different nationalities um, from Latin America, Cuba, um, wherever, uh, plus a lot of snowbirds. So terrible driving um, <laughs> to have to deal with daily. But um, the biggest difference for me growing up in Ohio, um, small town, we didn't even have a football team until I was like a uh, junior in high school was the first year of varsity football and 
everyone loved basketball. And I, I always would tell people that my town was as Indiana as Ohio town can be when it comes <laughs> to basketball. Uh, it would pack out a gymnasium of 1500 every Friday night, every Saturday night. And, um, they were there for the team. And, um, it was great to live in that environment and grow up in that environment. And in South Florida, you might get big crowds at events, but South Florida is a recruiting hotbed. And there are so many great athletes down there that people are going there to see ESPN top 300 prospect number 140, not to see, you know, whatever high school it happened to be. Um, and that was a huge difference. And um, when it came down to towards the end of our time there, my wife and I starting to talk about having a family, perhaps it's like, we aren't, really wanting to raise our family here like we want the environment we grew up in that not that there aren't uh, pockets of great uh, people and community down in south florida because there are um, we're a part of one at pba but um the, just the general nature of the midwest was more of our speed of life uh than down there so it was it was definitely culture shock um in some way shape and form uh but it was it was good and i adjusted well to it and uh loved my time there um, job searching when you when you like you said your your wife your fiance she had to find a job for teaching or something like that and then you guys were talking about that you you didn't really feel right in South Florida so what's it like trying to find a job and you have to align all these different factors region uh, spouses goals your goals uh, what yeah. what's, what's oh, it no, like it was it was extremely difficult um, this job and position at um, Dayton was a huge blessing because. She basically said, hey, there's a job opening at a high school uh, that she played against when she was in high school. And she's like, I'm going to go. I'm going home and I'm going to I'm going to get this job. You you can come too, or you can stay here, but I'm going back because I can't live in South Florida anymore. And so it was kind of like, OK. And uh, we started you know, praying about it and just, you know, really um, hoping that something would come open. And so this position at uh, Dayton is an internship. And you know what I, I said, you know, being an intern um, at the University of Dayton is quite honestly better than anything else that I could get up there right now. So I need to go full out for it. Uh, and I I inquired to it and got multiple emails from people who are now my coworkers and friends just saying, why do you want this job? You're overqualified. Like you're a head SID at a division two school. Like, why do you want this job? Uh -huh. um, and we came back and and I don't regret it for a second. And I miss Florida, and I miss all my my uh, my PBA family. Uh, they're they're above friends, um, but being here has been incredible, uh, both you know personally and professionally. So that's very difficult. I've applied for a couple of other jobs and even been offered one, um, but it was five hours away, and we just weren't really feeling being that far away from home and so yeah it kind of stinks right now because uh, it's it's a tough field to break into already when you're um, kind of pigeonholing yourself geographically uh, that makes it even more difficult you know if I were if I were single and able to go anywhere you know maybe I'm in a different situation right now but if I'm single and you know I'm not even coming back to Ohio I'd still probably be down in Florida too so um, I'm I'm lucky to be where I am, and everything works out for a reason. And I, it's not a surprise to me that uh, things just continue to get better um, when it, when God's plan is so perfect. That I'm just I'm just a servant, you know, walking along, trying to trying to take the right steps. And every time I every time uh, it's worked out for the better, uh, no matter what it's been. So yeah, it's it's difficult though, and definitely uh, definitely tough. Um, I want to trek back to something you said just a, a little bit ago. What's it like transitioning from a head position like that to being an assistant? Kind of expand upon that. I know you kind of did that for a little bit, but what's it like? Yeah, it it was difficult um, to start with, but mostly because um, I wasn't used to the different expectation. Like I said, at, at PBA, um, I was lucky to forge some really good relationships with some of the local media people. Um, Emerson Lazio, who's now in, in New England on uh, the New England NESN or whatever, um, he's up there now doing awesome stuff. And he was just, you know, the local sports guy that 
had a couple of interesting stories um, when I first started and got him to come out and developed more of a friendship that was like, hey, you know, we've got this big volleyball match. If if you've got time to shoot out and you know shoot him a text, and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can stop by, and he would. And uh, so it was a great relationship, and uh, I made friends with a guy who works at the local ESPN station down there, and was able to get our coaches on to his West Palm Tonight show, uh, you know, once every couple of weeks. So it was great. But then uh, coming up here to Dayton, uh, if one of our men's basketball players sneezes, we've got media inquiries about, you know, is this guy going to play this weekend? Um, so it's a lot different in that respect because the coverage is so much different. Um, and I was more focused on that than the differences between, you know, I covered nine sports and my boss covered three. Um, part of the reason I chose PBA was initially I was going to cover three sports and three good sports as a GA. And I got men's soccer, which was a top 25 program, uh, women's basketball, which had the all-time leading scorer on the team at the time, uh, and then baseball, who had a former professional baseball player as their head coach. So um, as I went to the full-time uh, head SID, I kind of picked up the cross countries and tennises, um, both basketballs, and Michael kept three sports for himself. We kind of flip-flopped. And then coming here, uh, it was kind of like going back to that GA role, uh, get to really pour into the teams that I had last year. It was, I started when I came, it was just softball. Um, but I was around and uh, kept kind of showing up for different things and, you know, kind of making it known, like, this is what I want to do. And I want to be as big of a help as possible. Uh, so I picked up tennis about a month or maybe two months into working here and then uh, became secondary football contact officially this year, but was kind of unofficially that last year too. Um, and you're able to pour a lot more into your individual sports, uh, but you're expected to. Uh, whereas the D2 level at Palm Beach Atlantic, I wasn't expected to do game notes because you know, we didn't have the media like we do here. Here, I'm doing game notes for everything because our baseball game this weekend's on ESPN3, and I want those guys to have uh, you know the best information that they possibly can. Um, that's been that's been the biggest difference. It wasn't really a transition for me from. Um, adjusting to any responsibility wise it wasn't it wasn't a problem for me at all I'm I'm humbled uh, every day just you know getting to do this job so uh, I've I was asked the first day if I would be the person that kept notes during our uh, weekly meetings and I still do it and I'm fine with it like it doesn't bother me I'm I'm fine with being the low man on the totem pole and working hard I that's that's what I love doing so um, whatever I can do to make Dayton athletic com better wherever i'm at i'm willing to willing to do it and that's been kind of my attitude no matter where i've been so when that's the attitude it's not hard to you know <laughs> it's not hard to take that back seat and adjust from being a head person to a to an assistant um you said you were originally just softball and then you got transitioned mm-hmm. to oh, secondary football baseball uh, tennis am i, am I right yep. said? yeah tennis. um what is it do you do you ask for those sports? I mean, is it okay to ask for those sports to take it away from somebody else? Or softball was the open position when I came, um, so that was what was given to me. Um, tennis was just something that um, some our football and basketball SID had it, and it was just kind of like, hey, uh, I could use some help with this, and I was like, well, I'll just I'll, I've got experience. Tennis stat crew is incredibly easy, so uh, fun to do it, and I I was happy to take it over. And uh, like I said, football secondary contact just kind of happened because I was going to every game on Saturdays and helping out with media requests during the week and just kind of doing things to be helpful. And it was kind of like a natural, okay, well, we can put you down at secondary. It looks good for you on your resume, and you're basically already doing it. So um, it didn't really didn't really change much and we did have a little shuffle i moved to baseball um and it was just kind of a a money thing that um uh, i was a guy working with a a female team and we had a female who was going to be working with the baseball team it seemed like uh why don't we just switch you guys so then you don't have to buy an extra room and every and it's worked out really well and baseball has always been in my blood anyway so it's been a good switch and led to some really cool opportunities that uh i i don't know i've personally i've never dealt with somebody who you know wants my sport or wants to change sports or whatever so i can't say to that my experience has just been uh when it's been a little much for somebody and they wanted help uh just stepped up and did it and helped out so um 
Uh, I, whatever happens is great by me. I, I love all Dayton athletics. Uh, that's my main thing is always trying to just be the biggest fan I can possibly be and uh, supporting our student athletes the best way I can. So uh, whoever needs help, I, I want to do it. And that way, if, um, if something happens that you know, someone can't travel um, or something happens that someone gets moved off a sport uh, and I get moved on to it, it's not completely foreign. Like, who is this guy? You know, what, I, we don't even know this guy's name. I would say most of our student athletes have at least seen me around because I go to a, a lot of everything. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, let's transition a little bit. Basketball in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. For someone outside looking in, how come Dayton got the first four? Dayton got the first four. Uh, the University of Dayton Arena has held the most NCAA tournament tournament events for basketball, uh, period. And over the course of time, very good at hosting those first-round games. And I think when the NCAA, and this was before my time when they originally got the first four, and we're supposed to be finding out soon whether the new cycle of uh, hosting will come back to us. But... Um, after doing the first round games for so long, and I think seeing how well it was attended by uh, the community um, was really impressive to the NCAA. And you know, working the first four, some of those uh, sixteen play-in games are playing in front of the biggest crowds that they've ever, they've played in front of all year. Um, because towards the end of the game, uh, because that first game kind of starts early and the second game kind of starts late, the fans come in and they're there for the end of the first game. And they're there for the beginning of the second game. And that's when it's most highly attended. And it's awesome. It's such a great, I mean, the NCAA does a great job of helping us out. But um, I think from the media side of things to the team relation and community relation and media relation, uh, Dayton has done a good job before I got here. We've done a good job since I've got here. Uh, And no matter how long I'm here and after that, they'll do a great job with it because they've got great people um, both on the facility side um, and on our side that makes it uh, easy for the NCAA to give it to us and uh, know that it's going to go well. And it's, it's been a blast. Um, What has been your favorite memory? from your overall professional tenure? Oh, man. Um, I would say when going with the uh, women's soccer team, I hadn't even worked with them, uh, but for Dayton, it's probably going with them as the seventh seed out to the A-10 tournament uh, and shutting everyone out in the three games um, and winning the, the championship 7 to nothing. Uh, over the one seed. My fingers couldn't move fast enough on the keys. To, you know, I was trying to tweet out goal, goal gifs, and uh, by the time I would finish editing one, we'd scored another goal. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Palm Beach Atlantic, the entire time, was just one uh, awesome memory. Um, they made the national championship game in volleyball, actually my first year at Dayton. Uh, but it was the senior class was the freshman class when I first started there. Uh, so I felt like, you know, particularly close with those student athletes and uh, to see them, you know, playing for a national championship. I flew down to Tampa, you know, got my got my plane ticket the week before and went down to watch them and they didn't win. Uh, but it was just awesome to see to see them playing for that ultimate prize that they had been striving for since they were freshmen. Um, and when I was a broadcaster, I was in Lansing. Uh, for a for a tournament run uh, for the Midwest League Championship that uh, we played the Quad Cities River Bandits in the finals and lost. They had Carlos Martinez uh, as the starter in the final game. Trevor Rosenthal was on that team, um, and Oscar Tavares, uh, rest in peace, was on that team as well. Um, and it was incredible. And our team had guys like Jake Marisnik and Carlos Perez, who are in the major leagues, on this this uh, trio of pitchers who came up at the end of the year. Um, Justin Nicolino, who plays for the Marlins, Aaron Sanchez, who's pretty good for the for the Blue Jays last year, uh, and Noah Syndergaard, uh, Thor, as they call him, were all on that team. Uh, so that was really awesome to go to that championship, even though they lost, uh, knowing, like you could just tell, even as 18, 19-year-olds, that you know those guys were a cut above um, everyone else. So little, little different memories uh, uh, everywhere along the way. That's all been great. Um, let's talk about that for a minute, going to Lansing. Was uh, mm-hmm. getting into professional baseball always something that was a goal for you or something that you always wanted to do? Oh, yeah. Um, ever since I was a kid and um, I applied for the 
broadcast internship in Lansing. The uh, broadcast and media relations director, Jesse Goldberg-Strasser, called me. Um, he said, I'd love to hear your tape. You know, your resume looks great. Uh, very interested in you know what you've done. And I sent him my tape, and he called me back and said, actually, um, your tape quality is really low. Um, would you mind, you know, could you, you know, possibly try to get something else? Uh, and I took a USB microphone and I went out to the baseball game that I was going to be at anyway. Uh, and I, it was the same day I recorded it. Um, and I just, I sent him a couple innings of that, that night. Uh, and he offered me the job the next day and he's, and he said, you know, it really wasn't the, the quality of what you did it was just the fact that you did it the same day like that stuck out to me and it was actually my first trip uh into the media relations athletics communication realm um that we i used indesign every day to do game notes that was kind of my first trip uh into it and it was it was awesome going into the office at 10 o'clock in your office you know at a baseball stadium it was it was incredible for me i would never uh trade that for anything i would love if something came up if the right opportunity came up to do that i would do i would absolutely do it but i love i love college athletics too much i think at this point to to think about leaving um we talked about your favorite memory how about on the other side uh, what is your biggest horror story so far? Oh man, um, I would say I have like a three prong answer to that. Yeah, um, go ahead. One's kind of funny. One's uh, a learning experience to say the least, and one's uh, I hope no one has to ever deal with. But last year, um, Dayton lost a men's basketball player. He uh, died from an enlarged heart, and. Um, I didn't work with basketball, but everyone knew who this young man was. Um, he was a, I mean, seven foot guy on a mid major campus. Like everyone, he stuck out. Yeah. Everyone knew him in heart, and uh, and just the smile as big as he was, basically. Uh, and he was really close with a lot of the softball players. And we found out at the A10 championships that he had passed away. And so I wasn't necessarily dealing with the media side of that and the you know press release and that side, but having to you know, see the student athletes, you know, suffer from that was heartbreaking. And I hope no one ever has to do that. Um, the learning opportunity is actually kind of funny now that I think about it too, but I was in my first year as a GA at Palm Beach Atlantic. We were having a softball tournament at this community park. Um, the softball coach had left and the assistant AD, my boss, Michael had left because there was a men's basketball game that he was going back to do stats for. So I was in charge, and it downpoured, and it rained so hard. And it's South Florida. People who listen from down there know, like, <laughs> it can do that. Um, and this was at nine o'clock at night. We have a, it had a very strict ten o'clock lights go off policy, um, and it was a little bit earlier. Like we probably could have gotten the entire game in, but when I went down, the the umpire was deaf, and not just like, oh, you you're bad at. being an umpire like he was actually deaf and i said you know we're gonna give it 15 minutes and see if we can go and i don't know if he misread my lips or what but he must have thought i said we're calling the game you can go and he left and the rain stopped and the field was playable but the umpire had left and i got berated at home plate by one of the coaches and there, the two coaches, one was fantastic and completely understanding and said, you know, we can play this game tomorrow. Like, we're still here. The other coach ripped me a new one in front of, you know, it wasn't like it was a huge crowd of 1,000 people, but there was probably 75, 80 people there, and I just had to take I couldn't do anything about it, and so it was just horrible. And the next day, you know, she came up to me and apologized and said she overreacted and they played their game and everything was fine. But, oh, man, that was, you know, embarrassing, but also – uh, a lesson on communication uh, and then my last one was just I was it was my last year at Palm Beach Atlantic and I was doing a little more game administration stuff um, and I would broadcast the first game of the doubleheader second game I would be the game administrator and someone else would broadcast well of course in the second game the coach and I won't say his name or, or where he's from but uh, got ejected very successful coach um, and he got ejected so I had to escort him out to the locker room as game administrator. And 
after he filled up like six water bottles he was taking his time it was a it was a <laughs> massive blow up um we're walking out and he's like so how are you today just as nice as nice could be and i was like okay this is interesting and uh i you know led him to the locker room i said hey if you need anything our security guard's gonna be standing out here and he can radio me and you know we can take care of you and he said oh, i you know, really appreciate it and he goes into the locker room. I'm just standing out there talking to the security guard and the locker room faced away from our field. So it wasn't like he was seen by anybody but me, but he opens up the door and says, Hey Kyler. And I look over and he's in his birthday suit and says, Hey, I need my bag off the bus. And I scarred for life, but it was, in, you know, so th- kind of three different levels of horror there. Right, yeah. uh, and I went and I got his bag for him and I brought it in and gave it to him. Uh, but it was just, oh man, I, I, uh, my eyes were opened in a different way that day uh, that I'd hope to never have to uh, do that again. Um, when you look around in the country or your division conference or what have you, and you look at them and you other SIDs and you say that's a good SID. What what are some qualities or some things that they do that make you say that? Oh, I I think people and it's been said on on this podcast a bunch of times the people who communicate well uh, and communicate right away are always uh, are always appreciated. For me, uh, it really frustrates me when you know I I see someone leave the field as I'm like on the bus uh, waiting for a team and I don't have a a game file yet and then i see a story go up and i still don't have a game file so uh that kind of concise um communication is you know really appreciated by me and um i think that's you know key to life let alone in our profession that open and honest and clear communication goes a long way uh one thing you're interested about to learn more about in this profession uh well your your podcast and and video with mark uh, majewski was uh was huge uh the after effects illustrator um kind of stuff i think a little more creative side because uh, i've gotten i've done stuff with you know InDesign and photoshop now that i've gotten better but that's kind of a route that i want to go and and just doing um i mean everyone said it too video stuff um i think we're in an era of, at dayton i'm lucky that we have people who want to cover what we're doing um, but how do we populate video content for our YouTube page that's beyond, here's a game recap, here's another game recap. Um, whether it's you know just little fun, silly videos, I did some of those at Palm Beach Atlantic that were pretty popular, um, or you know something else, how, what is that uh, going to be? I'm still uh, trying to figure that out because I think it's a huge avenue, um, not only to show off student-athletes who aren't basketball players, because basketball players here are, are I mean, not necessarily Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, but I mean, a basketball player at the University of Dayton um, is as popular as any athlete on campus anywhere. Um, but it's some of the other sports that I want. That's who I work with. That's who I want other people to, you know, get that publicity. So how do I do that for them? That's that's the main thing. Uh, what what would be one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Uh lose your ego because uh, as soon as you kind of build one up you'll get it cut down anyway and just work hard i mean i've people have joked like maybe not do it or <laughs> uh you know the i think hard work and asking you know is always a big thing this is a field and you've got 20 other people besides me that have all said the same thing like reach out to me i'd love to help uh and i'm the same way and i think that uh, it's weird because that's not necessarily the same stigma you get from other professions and there isn't an SID on this list that if I emailed them today you know wouldn't get back to me within a week probably uh, and that's awesome that's a special thing about this field so work hard and uh, be open to new things I don't know if I would have been uh, moving down to Florida if I wasn't open to new things but uh, it all works out so uh, work hard and be open and and uh, always Always make sure that to keep a good humor about things, because if you take a job super seriously, it's going to be a long. You're going to have a long <laughs> life of uh, not as fun. It's a lot of hours and uh, can be thankless at times, but it's all worth it in the end. Uh, work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? Uh, I, I play a lot of PlayStation. Hmm. I only own I only own one game, MLB The Show, but I play <laughs> it. Um, and 
that's kind of nice because I can play it when I get home at night if I want to or in the morning before I wake up. But I uh, know being married, we have a dog, and uh, we like to do stuff together when we can. Yesterday I had a baseball game canceled, so we went to a to a park uh, in the next town over and played one-on-one basketball against each other uh, for an hour or so and then went over to a restaurant and had dinner. And uh, For me, baseball is an escape from, from sports information as uh, funny as that sounds and I mean even when I was in high school playing PlayStation was kind of the way I escaped when you know my friends were going out and partying and I wasn't uh, it was PlayStation as odd as that is and I also love reading I shouldn't sound like I just play PlayStation all the time I read a lot of books <laughs> I write a lot um, when I can and started I bought a website domain just so I could have a place to write stuff basically so uh, do that as well and uh there's not a ton of free time. Uh, since I am an intern, I take any odd job that I can get, stats or uh, wherever I can broadcast, I do it. And it's been a busy time. I would love for a full-time job to open up so I have a little more downtime and a little more work-life balance. But uh, right now it's kind of creating um, – I'm, I'm lucky to have a wife who – who loves basketball and and loves Dayton uh, and loves to get to know student athletes? You would think she knows every student athlete because she just uses them first name basis uh, when we talk around the house. And I'm lucky that you know we have a couple hours on a Sunday that we can actually hang out together. And she wants to go watch the women's basketball team play. Um, haven't been a player herself. It's she loves doing it and loves watching. So I'm um, very lucky to have an understanding spouse. I think a lot of the the people on our list uh, would say that the same and uh, lucky to have good friends that are willing to answer a phone call on a bus ride or whatever. I think that's all part of it. A little bonus question here. We did, March was just a big podcast awareness month. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? And you mentioned off air that you did a podcast at one time. What yeah. was that and what is your favorite non-sports podcast if you listen? Um, so my podcast, and I still have plans to do it, it's called Hometown Sports Heroes. And I um, I did some interviews with just, uh, like I said, the community I grew up in is sports crazy. Uh, and they don't have anything like this, uh, you know, podcast-wise. And there's no local media coverage up there because it's so small town uh, that it was just kind of something that people could listen to and hear me talk about, you know, high school girls and boys basketball and some other stuff, but also have interviews. Uh, I had a, a good friend who played for the Texas Rangers last year and he's in AAA for him to start this year and uh, have some just people who have played you know college basketball whatever and interview them and talk with them talk with sports writers and other people um, and you know have have fun with it and uh, get to talk get the microphone out and uh, sound like you're talking to yourself if somebody came in the house but no have it was always a really good time like I said kind of been a lot a lot busier with different things i haven't been able to do it but hopefully if a full-time job happens uh i'll be able to go in down that street again and uh man the podcast i listen to a lot of a lot of sports podcasts the baseball tonight podcast fantasy focus podcast um all the not all the but the Simmons podcast uh I got the chance here at Dayton uh to go to a game with Mark Titus so I pretty much always listen to the college basketball podcast he's on um and I don't know I I love kind of the true crime stuff that's Mm -hmm. been really popular and uh not gonna lie when my wife was on spring break she actually went down to charleston south carolina uh no word if she saw marlene while she was down there but uh when she went down there my brother-in-law lives there and uh i was listening to the the accused podcast which was about a murder at uh miami of ohio and in like 1978 but it was like i was like running into my house as quick as possible at night just like i don't know i get freaked out in my own head like staying by myself uh the serial podcast is awesome they just put out the podcast s town uh last week that was really good to listen to um i have read or i've listened to all the podcasts of someone knows something uh shout out to uh katie hewitt uh Katie Gwen Hewitt up at Michigan. Uh, she and I worked together in the Sunshine State Conference. She recommended that one to me and uh, finished it in no time. It was <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a big podcast guy. I've got a 30 minute commute, so um, I can I can tear through them pretty quickly uh, every day. And plus all the bus trips that we go on. Um, 
it's kind of nice. And the, the local ESPN radio station here in Dayton doesn't come in in my town 30 minutes away. So I've, I've listened to podcasts instead. Mike and Mike in the morning. I have a good friend who's the lead researcher for them. So it's fun to hear him on the show sometimes. And yeah, just I'm, I'm a big podcast guy. I'm sad podcast awareness month's over. Can't <laughs> wait for next March. Promote more. But yeah, I've, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you've been doing this, David. This was uh, an idea literally like probably two weeks before episode one aired that I had uh, texted um, Olivia Coro at uh, East Carolina. I know she, some other folks have talked about her. Ira did uh, in his episode, but she and I, she worked at Lynn University when I was at Palm Beach Atlantic. So uh, we're, you know, 20 minutes apart, became really, really good friends and still really good friends. And that's I, the Sunshine State Conference was awesome. Uh, Mark Jordan, who's now at Texas, was at Tampa. Um, those guys are just the best. But, um, yeah, uh, Olivia uh, said, you know, I don't know if we have that. I feel like there might be something out there. And then it was literally like the next week I saw the first tweet for this. And I was like, really? Okay, good. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not going to do one, but uh, maybe one day I'll be on it. And, and glad, glad that you uh, sent out the email. I thought it was a spam at first because I was like, SID cast, there's no way he's reaching out to me. I haven't done anything. Um, but I was glad that it was it was real. And you, I mean, you say the emails. It's like, well, this is it. Yeah, this is actually actually him. So I'm glad to join the ranks of uh, you know people who have accomplished a lot more than me, who have done a lot of great things, and I've learned a lot. Hopefully, uh, some people have, were able to learn some stuff from me. Uh, and this one, I don't know, maybe how to have a better microphone from start to finish in a Skype interview, uh, if nothing else. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you are a guy, I have a list of people that, uh, I, I really want to get to. I, I've got a big one next week. I know that people are really going to enjoy. Um, and we're trying to get, get a time set up for that. Uh, I always love Wednesdays because I get to put out like tomorrow. Yeah. This guy's on that. Those are, those are some of my favorite days. Uh, again, I appreciate the kind of words your guy wanted. I actually wanted to have on. I I saw you on YP Sports Chat. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and and I and I thought, well, Dayton, you know, yeah. fun fact, I've had more people from Ohio on this podcast than anything. I thought, well, let's just keep going with the Ohio yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. not a coincidence. A lot of good SIDs uh, in and around the state uh, at, across all levels. Uh, I think uh-huh. it's it's cool to be in the situation that we are here. That um, when you're right down the road, you know, from I mean, there's D2s, D, D1s, and D3s, like, all the way around where I'm at. So it's like if anyone needs help, um, I have no problem with, with driving a, an hour even to help out. So it's it's cool. And Ohio has a ton of colleges. So that's uh, going back to that question of the difficulty of, you know, finding that place to fit the my work, my wife's work and career ambitions Uh Fortunately, Ohio has a, a million colleges in it, it uh-huh. seems like, so it's not as bad as uh, maybe going to a place, I don't know, that doesn't have any or has very few. That was definitely, uh, but no, I'm, I'm glad. This has been fun. Um, I got to ask, because my parents go up for some reason. Dayton, Ohio, next time someone's in Dayton, I think they like the, the, the what is it, the Aviation Museum? Yep. Uh, they go there for just for kicks sometimes. But uh, next time they're in Dayton, what what's your restaurant recommendation? Oh man, well for your parents, they might want to go to the Pine Club. Uh, it's <laughs> right down here on Brown Street. It's a little uh, a little uh, tastier um, when it comes to, to price, but it's it's like cash only. Awesome steaks though, uh, unreal. Like that's what people when they come to UD, like that's where they go. Uh, so especially for for your folks, but like for for me, uh, you know, late twenties, you know, somebody coming down. We've had a couple of food trucks that have gotten stationary and standalone, not standalone, but standing stores now. Uh, there's a place called Zombie Dogs that's awesome. Um, all sorts of hot dogs. My favorite is the mac and cheese dog. That's <laughs> oh man, it's as it's as like heart stopping as it sounds, but it's delicious. Uh, and then there's a new place called Art Taco that has awesome breakfast burritos. Well, breakfast tacos technically, but a couple of places right here by campus, uh, over by where your mom and dad are at. I mean, I did. I encourage them to go to Skyline once. It's not for everybody, but mm-hmm. Skyline Chili's uh, kind of Ohio 
Cincinnati staple, so give that a try. I might never have it again and like it at all. That seems to be either people love it or they hate it, but got to try it, and there's a bunch of them over there by the Air and Space Museum. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I, it's dangerous being so close to such uh-huh. great restaurants here on campus, i tell you what. <laughs> um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you just for you know comments, questions, or anything, what would be the best way to do it? Well, I'm always on Twitter. Um, my handle, as you uh, figured out, is a little bit different. Um, it's short for Broadcaster KLL. Uh, oh, okay. It's Broadcaster without any vowels in it. So it's B-R-D-C-S-T-R and then my initials KLL. Um, so it's shorter. Now I guess I could probably make it full out Broadcaster since the uh, name's no longer a part of your 140 character limit. I guess I probably need to do that later. Uh, but you can get at me on Twitter and with the DMs on there. I always I always try to respond. and um, But email as well, um, kludlow1 at udayton.edu. Uh, my phone number is online. I don't necessarily uh, use my phone all that often to call people. Uh, if you wanted to, I guess that's fine. Uh, but nah, th- Twitter um, and, and email is definitely the best, and I – I always try to respond, especially if it's somebody who's kind of up and coming and maybe you're from around the Dayton area and think like, hey, I'm in college and might want to try, you know, working the first four, like, let me know. Like, I love any opportunity to get the chance uh, to invest in, whether it's our student workers or student athletes or uh, student workers at other schools. And we had a kid from Xavier come up who's like the enemy of Dayton, uh, but he asked to come up for first four, and we had him and uh, got to show him the ropes a little bit. And I love love uh, the chance to invest. It seems weird a little bit as like a 28 year old to be like uh-huh. so keen on like I want to help out these 21 year olds. So it's like really in 10 years we'll just be peers, and you know you won't be able to tell the difference in us. But I want to help out as best as I can. So please reach out, and uh, I'll get back to you for sure. Tyler, that was episode 21. Finally got you on. Here we go. Yeah, that was good. Time for lunch, I think. Yeah, it's about (laughs) that time. I got to go do a sound check. But, uh, yeah, those are my least favorite things to do. But um, (laughs) wrapping this up, guys, thank you all for listening. Episode 21 of SIDcast of Dayton Flyers, Kyler Ludlow. Uh, Again, you can find him on. You have to listen to the podcast to know how to get in contact with him. So, as always, you can follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud and uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, you know, all that jazz. So, again, I thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you all in the next episode.